0: thrown away by Strowman toward the open net. Score! Score!
1: Score! (laughs) Haha! What a shot by Strowman.
2: Anton Strowman! 3-1 Lightning with 129 left to go!
3: Tom Jones, the original wild uh, beat writer for the Star Tribune. Uh, he abandoned us right before the 2003 uh, playoff run and went back home to uh, Tampa Bay and has enjoyed a uh, pretty dang good run by this lightning hockey team, Tommy. Uh, five conference finals in, this is year 25 of, uh, season 25, right? that's correct but what I've enjoyed actually more is not shoveling snow all the way into
1: April that's why I moved back to Florida.
3: Now nah, listen, the snows to the uh the uh what 15 inch or 16 incher. that we were done with that by April 6th or 7th this year so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> it also
1: wasn't so bad after all.
3: Wasn't yeah. too bad. What a uh, what a wonderfully run organization they have down there. Uh, man, they just keep uh turning out these uh, very competitive teams.
1: You know, and it really does start with ownership. It's such a cliche in sports, Pat, that we talk about, uh, oh, it starts at the top. But it really does start with the top here. Jeffrey Vinnick owns the team. He bought it and almost immediately started making the right decisions. He hired Todd Laiwicki, who you know very well, yeah. uh, that was running the Wild organization for a while. Jack Sperling was very much involved with this organization when Jeff Vinnick took over. They put the right people in place, and the, and the key to it all really has been Steve Osmond coming in as GM. Uh, I think everybody was shocked that they were able to get Osment to come down to, to Tampa Bay, but he's here. He rebuilt the farm system and and uh, and has put together a really top-notch organization. And, and they keep replenishing this roster with young kids. I mean, this year, you know, guys like. Braden Point, Braden Point might be the best player in the playoffs so far. He's the guy that was just a third round pick a couple of years ago. So it really starts up top, and, and, and Steve Eisman should get most of the credit for this.
3: Uh, giving uh, Bettman as a hard time is a, uh, a pretty much an occupation for a lot of the old hockey hardcores, particularly the Canadians. But uh, <laughs> uh, you got Las Vegas, you got Nashville. You got, uh, you got Tampa for a long time here now. I mm-hmm. would say you've had a couple of clunkers in the, uh, in the, in the, what I call the warm weather movement. But uh, they are in some dynamic, warm-weather towns. Tampa, Nashville, Las Vegas yep. now. They beat the NBA to Las Vegas. I think, uh, okay, Phoenix stinks. That's fine. But you have, uh, you know, it's, he's been very successful. He has spread this game around immensely.
1: Exactly. And if you look at all the teams that you mentioned, they're doing well. Nashville, Vegas, although I, it's crazy how Vegas has done it. They, it almost doesn't seem right. I'll yeah. be honest with you. I don't like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you should have to pay your dues a little bit, I would think. But, um, but, but all these teams that are doing well, it really does start with ownership. And the teams that are doing well, such as in Florida and Miami and Carolina, have some some ownership issues here in the last couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the cities that seem to be struggling. But overall, yeah, I mean, we were talking about it the other day. If it ends up with it at Vegas. And Tampa Bay final, um, I mean, I think Gary Bettman would look at him and be very pleased with him. I don't know what the hockey diehards would be, but um, but no, it's it's an experiment that seems to have worked out pretty well for the Well, year.
3: and uh, one thing, and one point I make is, okay, they beat the NBA to Vegas. Which is, you know, forget the gambling and all that. That's right. a that's a dynamic town. And now they're going to beat the NBA to Seattle, back to Seattle. That's right. Seattle's in the NBA's in Sacramento. They're in Oklahoma City. They're in New Orleans. And even though it's a great town, it's small. It doesn't have much of a market. And no, yeah, uh,
1: the, not a media presence at all. Yeah, here.
3: and these towns, the NB, the a, NHL has better towns than the NBA
1: does right now. No, I agree. I agree with you 100. percent And again, I thought moving to Vegas. I think all the leagues were looking at this really yes. closely. Certainly, the NFL was watching it. Now, the NFL is going to head there next. So it's been a, it's almost been a guinea pig for a lot of these uh, leagues just to see how things will work. And look at it; it has worked out pretty well. Tampa, they came here. Now, here's the thing: the baseball situation's a mess. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Tampa Bay. I mean, they need to figure that out, and I don't know if they will figure it out. That could be the baseball team that ends up in Vegas eventually. But, it's, uh, but hockey-wise, no. I mean, if you, can sell, if you can sell your building 40 nights a year, then that's all you need. When uh, I know that they, they
3: did well, okay, and they had no stadium for a while. They played in the uh, St. Petersburg, played hockey in the yeah. St. Petersburg Dome, and let people in for nothing and drew some people. But uh, right. the uh, you know it it now with
1: success, it is an actual hockey town, right? Tampa. No, it really is a hockey town. Not only are they selling out the building every night; they're on a the streak. You know, it's several years now where every game has been sold out. But I know yesterday. They had several thousand people who sit outside and watch the game on the side of a parking lot wall, which is right next to the arena. They'll get, you know, so I, I think, earlier this this uh, in these playoffs, they got something like fourteen thousand people out there to watch a game, and uh, yeah, no, it's become hard. Here's the thing, Patrick: they, the people in Tampa Bay love this team. They, you know, there's they're still there's still some raw feelings with them in the Bucs and about whether the Bucks are a likable ownership and likable players and the Rays, everybody's mad at the owner right now. The people in Tampa Bay love, like they, have, they have like a love affair with this organization, not only because they're good, but because the owner is invested in Tampa. He's moved, Jeff Vinnick moved here from Boston, and now he's like redoing the entire skyline with his own money in downtown Tampa. And people just relate. he gives away $50,000 a game. He's yeah, still he's doing that, order. huh? Charitable contribution. It,
3: yeah. Every game. Yeah,
1: still does it every game. So people have fallen in love with this organization, and then it does yeah, it doesn't hurt either when you have a really good hockey team on that product on the ice as well.
3: I bet uh I bet uh, some of his fellow
1: owners hate that.
3: <laughs> that he's giving
1: away some of the profits every
3: night. Well
1: it was funny, like last night it was Eddie DeBardlow and I was like, Hey, Eddie DeBardlow, good guy there. we might be running out of people here. I'm pretty sure they're gonna put me up there and give give money to me for a charity, but it's really been it's amazing how much how much they've given away to the to the local community here. Uh so uh
3: Yeah, it, this, this, I think this is the fifth, yeah, it's the fifth conference final in 25 years. We're up here in Minnesota. We've had, uh, uh, the first three years don't really count because that's when they had the East and the West division, you know, and there's only six teams. And the, uh, North Stars actually did make a conference final the first year, which meant you won one playoff series. But in 40 years, I think we've had four conference finals, uh, two Stanley Cup finals. Uh, a lot of Minnesotans here get very uh, upset when they see these the <laughs> Southern teams very being so successful.
1: But uh, it's uh, well, I, this is going to be the this will be the third conference final in four years for yeah. this organization. Could be the second final in in uh, in four years, and um, and they came within a game. Uh, going back to the Stanley Cup Finals back in two thousand eleven, they lost the game seven on the road, one and up and they lost that game. So it's bit they it's it's been a real roller coaster here. Mm. Either the teams have been really good, like Stanley Cup contenders, or there's been some bad teams here too. I covered a couple of teams that I covered one team here that had two game winless streaks in the wow. same season. It was unbelievable, yeah. So uh they've had some bad moments here too, and some embarrassing ones with the with the old owner. Brian Laden was here as GM. He got beat up pretty good when he was here, but uh, but when they're good, they're real good. And,
3: uh, like every other town, they want the, uh, sports columnists and writers to be fully on the bandwagon. Uh, you made the mistake of picking the Bruins to, uh, to win this series. Uh, a very good Bruins team, and you look pretty good after game one. But, uh, what's, what's, uh, they're, they're on you now. They're mad, huh? Which is oh, good. It's that. nice to see a newspaper man still able to get people irritated.
1: <laughs> I picked the Bruins to win at six, not because I'm, like, anti-Lightning or anything. I just really thought the Bruins were going to beat them. And after Look, they, the, the Lightning had won, like, in Boston eight times in their history, 25 years. I thought, you know, there's got to be something to that. So And they beat them. Boston won three of the four games during the regular season. So I just thought there's no way the Lightning's going to win. And now I'm just, of course, getting roasted for the last uh, – the last 24 hours. But it's fine. Most of it's pretty good. I had, you know, a couple of people tell Seriously, I have one guy tell me that he hopes I get cancer, but yeah, that guy, it's just fun. You know, other than him, it's been all pretty good nature drowsing. but uh, now I'm in a no-win situation because no one wants me to pick him in the next round. No, now, yeah, yeah. I'm a jinx, you know, either way, so I, I, I can't win no matter what I do. Well, you got to follow the racy theory.
3: Never do what the readers want you to do. Go the opposite. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Go the opposite. I learned
1: opposite. from the best. I learned from the best.
3: Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's the way to go. But it is, uh, you know, it's it's going to be phenomenal. Though, uh, you know, if you end up with the it gets either, you know, two southern towns, Tampa, Nashville, something like that, it'd be great.
1: No, I, I'm pulling for Nashville because that's I like going to that city. So, I, well, yeah. <laughs> although Vegas wouldn't be a bad. Oh, no, Vegas could uh, <laughs> get you in trouble. But uh, I never could figure
3: out why everybody stayed away from Vegas. But now you're right; they can't wait to get there, man. <laughs> I'd, I'd be fine with it. Okay. Hey, Georgie. Uh, uh, when do they? Do we know when the finals start, or do we got to wait to see uh, if the other one goes seven, or do they just? Did they already yeah, got a schedule? Eastern
1: Conference uh, probably looking like uh, the Eastern Conference Finals will start here on Friday. They were going to start Saturday, but James Taylor is playing in their building on Saturday night, so we got to wait for him. So it'll be. I think Friday. Friday will be game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, and then the Stanley Cup Finals will be if they make it. Uh, or even if they don't. James sort of Taylor, me. he's too old for me, for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be a good concert. Bonnie Raitt was opening up and then she canceled. Now it's just more more uh, James Taylor.
3: Okay. Hey,
1: thanks, Josie. Hey, good, Christ Catch up to you,
3: Patrick. All right, Tom Jones, uh, is, uh, Tampa Bay uh, Times, uh, one of their columnists down there. Very good newspaper and uh, some b- great beat writers, including my guy Topper with the uh, Tampa Bay uh, uh, Devil Rays. We'll be back. And now, Joe and
4: Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. stretch and it's Justify and Mike Smith turning for home in front. Good Magic and Jose Ortiz a link behind as they come into the final furlong. Gravazos down the center of the track and then Audible on the inside who's now up in a third. Justify a two-length lead as they come to the final 16. Good Magic on the outside is second. Audible third toward the inside Then it's still regard. They're coming to the wire. He's just awesome. Justify has won the Kentucky Derby.
3: This is our Sports Mammal of the Day. (laughs) Our Sports Mammal of the Day. Our first non-human Sports uh, Mammal of the Day. Justify looked fantastic in the slop on uh, Saturday at the Kentucky Derby. Uh, 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 Our old buddy Mike Smith, who used to, when he was basically an apprentice, I was uh, riding out at Canterbury when it first opened, and I gotta say, I got on him kind of early. My son and I used to go out there quite a bit, and we bet Mike Smith every race and did pretty well. Sure, because hmm. he wasn't, you know, he wasn't getting the best horses at the start there, but he could, he could ride that, and of course, still going uh, second Derby win. But I don't know if you guys watched the race, but they hit the stretch, and there's a horse coming up on the right that looks like it's got a chance. And he whacked this uh, big old uh, colt in the rear end once, Justify, and he got a little jump. And then he just showed him the whip after that. He didn't hit him again. He just showed him. Like, this he, is coming. This is it yeah. if you don't pick her up here. And he just went zoom and won by two lengths. Mm. Uh, didn't have, it was the muddiest. Uh most rain they've ever had for Kentucky Derby and they've been going on the in, re- in the records yeah, and they've it was been going tough. on for hundred and forty some years. He never had a drop of mud on him, some on his hind legs, but none on his mm-hmm. front, because he got him out in front at the beginning. And they set a pretty fierce pace uh the first uh quarter or so and uh he he, he ran with the with them and they obviously Mike Smith knew what a good horse he had. But here's part of the as i mentioned earlier on sports talk this is part of the emotion of this horse uh he was foaled on uh, march 28th 2015 that's been you know he was uh born on that day at uh the uh by uh the breeder was a guy named john d gunther uh he's got kind of a small he's got a place called glenwood farm in kentucky uh, kind of a small operation but it's been very successful but his daddy was Scat Daddy? Scat Daddy, and Scat Daddy was a good horse who became an even better sire uh, stud. <laughs> the good job. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> he was retired after being injured in the Kentucky Derby. How how ironic is that? So he was retired as a three year old, and uh, then he then they turned him into a, a, a stallion. He was sired uh, by his his dad was Johannesburg. And uh, which goes all the way back to Mister Prospector, which is one of the great uh, sires in the history of racing. Anyway, uh, Scat Daddy is really on a stud roll uh, in the uh, after he gets rolling a little bit here by by 2015. He's found his stride. By 2015, (laughs) he was a hot commodity in the stud business. I even read something that. He was. They were flying him to Australia to take care of the Australian during their their season. Is their foaling season is different than ours because it's you know the mm-hmm. other side of the world. And he'd stop by in Chile and breed a few there too. So he was a like traveling stud. Yeah. and then he'd come home. But on December fourteenth, two thousand fifteen, uh, seemed to be completely healthy and just tipped over and had a heart attack. He was uh, dropped dead at age eleven. All that action uh, will do that to a guy. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was exhausted from uh, (laughs) producing all those uh, fantastic. He died of a heart attack. He died of exhaustion. Exhaustion, but anyway, yeah, Scat scat Daddy, Scat Daddy, a sire of sixty-nine stake winners. When he died at Ashford uh, at Ashford Stud Farm in Versailles, Kentucky. Uh, scat Daddy was in the best of health, but totally unexpectedly, dropped dead when walking out of his paddock. So uh, that happens with horses, they're,
0: you know. And you had you had mentioned that uh, Justify was an orphan during the Sports Talk mm-hmm. Hour, and loyal listener Terry chimed in and said he never knew his birth father, and now he requests that all the other horses call him Heinrich. <laughs> <laughs>
3: be That's anyway great. this was his uh justify was part of his last crop the last you know really? he knocked them all up in uh, the springtime and mm-hmm. uh they uh actually they're full in the spring so he knocked them up the year before and uh he was in the, it was the last crop he Do dropped think- dead he got, he got dropped dead just when the action was getting started, right. which is... When the sad. market was
0: heating up. Now, yeah. do you think if they were able to get a microphone in front of Scat Daddy, he would have done the Antonio Cromartie? Well, we got, uh, we got Justify. We got... Uh, <laughs> well, what is well, naming the kids? Yeah, he could have.
3: He could have done that. Anyway. <laughs> the that's, of that a, was... that's a good job. That's a good-looking horse. So, You He might... Uh, Triple crown? You know, we had Samson on uh, Friday, and uh, Randy said oh, I missed hope he said he was hoping Justify one because he thought he was the one that could uh, be the next American Pharoah. Hey,
0: I'm telling you right now, I had my appearance. I was just telling Manny I had my appearance down in Shakopee for the the uh, the, the tracker boat deal. Yeah, I drove by a uh, Canterbury at about eight forty-five. The, the line was in. long. Mm-hmm. bound down one sixty nine. Well, they said there. they uh,
3: they said they had uh, nineteen thousand. Holy crap! Yeah, mm. it was a pretty good wow. pretty good derby day. Of course, it was a gorgeous day. The weather was perfect. Yep. And right. uh, and uh, now they now people are going to come out to see this horse because they think because it was so it was the favorite. You know, a lot of people think it's great when long shots win. Like I'm, I'm one of those guys. Mm-hmm. But the public wants. The favorite to win... Because that's who they bet on. 70% of them bet better. Right, on,
0: right. Because mm-hmm. you're
3: going out there and you're betting five bucks on and, the But is horse. that better for the house then too? Because they're They don't so, care. They get the same percentage. They do? House gets the same percentage. doesn't make any... Because they have enough people like you that are betting long shots. roughly getting 20% of what, what you bet. So it doesn't sure. make any difference to them uh, at all. They just want bodies is what they want. They want yeah, bodies they out there betting. And out here, you know, when you get 19,000 at the track, you got... You got five thousand gamblers and fourteen thousand partyers who, who are going to bet ten bucks. You know what Calvin Griffith once said in one of his uh, very politically correct observations? Oh God! I can't figure out why they built that track on the Minneapolis side of the town when you mm-hmm. got all those cheap Lutherans. <laughs> he <should've, laughs> says they should have married and built it over in St. Paul where you got the Catholics and the black guys. They go spend a lot more money. <laughs> well, Kevin, that's <laughs> awfully interesting. Oh <laughs> that was uh, interesting. Accurate, but... Politically incorrect. Well, back then he could get away. We could all chuckle. Today it would be like uh, we'd get... uh, There would have been a movement. (laughs) Yes, there would have been a movement. Yes, Mm -hmm. there would have been a movement. But anyway, uh, yeah, justified. Good looking horse. And uh, scat daddy was the daddy and uh, just, you know, died with a smile on his face. Yes, he did. (laughs) Hey, the great Babu has a uh, P.J. Fluck helmet signed that's uh, being auctioned off for the LL, uh, uh, what do we call it, LL, Lymphoma, lymphoma LLS, LLS right. yep. yeah, uh, Lymphoma and Leukemia so, uh, Foundation, and uh, I bet uh, $7.50, 50 fifty for every victory, so. <laughs> I don't know if I'll get it or not. It's I publicly bid bid seven
0: dollars and wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That math doesn't do. It. If it was seven dollars, no seven. You said
5: a dollar fifty fifty for, for every victory. win,
3: great. five dollars, and then another two fifty. Well, you know, every time you open your mouth on something like this, you're just making MSU Mankato look worse. worse yeah,
5: than I thought it. you had a degree. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah, five degrees. times
2: one. God, really, Chris? That's you're three. teaching your
3: math from Sooch? Yeah,
2: no And just says, I was told there would be no math. <laughs> That's right. 7.50. That's That's right. Right. Five
0: wins. I
3: didn't need to write that on a piece of paper. <laughs> well, I was thinking the math didn't sound oh, right man. for
0: some reason. That's <laughs> Okay.
3: I still disagree with the name of that new baby uh, over there in England too. I don't know why they call them palace.
0: Palace. <laughs> it's Alice. such a weird yeah. name. It's,
3: it's, I still
0: there, am Jim? getting email on that. Oh, yeah, by the yeah, way, right? that you was should, like a month ago. You mm-hmm. should be. Uh, this update. <laughs> shut up, John. <laughs> we endorse the uh, ridicule. Uh, this
5: update sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. You have enough things to worry about every day. Insurance shouldn't be one of them. You can leave worry behind But Liberty stands with you. Liberty Mutual Insurance. Twins and Cardinals in St. Louis this evening. Fernando Romero makes his second start for the Twins. John Gantt for St. Louis. Your Twins lineup finds Joe Maurer leading off for the fourth straight game. Then it's Dozier, Kepler, Escobar hitting cleanup. Rosario, Grossman in right field. Wilson catching, Adrianza and Romero hitting because it's a National League ballpark. I did see uh, Phil Miller post a picture of Romero in the batting cage just a little while ago. trying to
3: Never has batted in a professional game.
5: That's ridiculous. Go get him, kid.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, new Gopher women's basketball
5: coach Lindsay Whalen picked up her first recruit over the weekend—a commitment from Stillwater junior Sarah Scalia. Uh, Scalia made the announcement on Twitter. Five foot ten guard averaged twenty-six and a half points, five rebounds for the Ponies. We're
3: worried season. about Paige Buchers, right? Is that how we pronounce that name? The uh, Hopkins kid. Who was a national national recruit, mm-hmm. UConn, everybody else.
5: Uh, NBA playoff basketball right here tonight. Toronto tries to stay alive against the Cavs, 7 o'clock at 1500 ESPN. There's
2: a game going on right now, the uh, Celtics and Sixers. Really? Yeah, they st- what? tipped right off. now? They tipped off at 5 early. o'clock.
3: Why is that? <laughs> really?
2: Well, because they we got two East Coast games okay, okay. tonight.
5: I suppose it's kind of silly when the update guy's going, really? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> what channel <laughs> doesn't, doesn't really, really say anything. much I believe
5: it's a tnt
0: or uh, That's channel 7 in here. One <laughs> other.
5: Uh, be- uh it's TBS. Oh, Ravers. crap. One of their NBA note, the Pistons and Stan Van Gundy, their president of basketball ops and head coach have Parted Ways, after the team failed to make the playoffs for the second straight year. TNT is 36. Got it. Van Gundy met with Pistons officials this afternoon. He had had full authority on player personnel and staffing. Uh changes uh, came though be uh, most of them related to general manager Jeff Bauer. Van Gundy wanted him to stay and uh, the management uh, did not. Bauer though will continue to operate as GM according to league sources. Huh? He's expected to lead Detroit's contingent at the draft combine in Chicago next week and oversee the team's individual draft workouts and draft planning. And then they're going to fire. I don't know. Okay. Uh, most of their uh the contracts in the front office it says uh, expire this summer. So mm-hmm. you would assume, well, there might be more okay. changes.
2: And you know what that means, Johnny? Hmm. That means Tibbs is now the only dual uh, dual job guy in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm.
3: You know mm-hmm. what it also means? The number two manager or coach in the Detroit market right now in seniority is Ron Gardner. Oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> you, I, that's I, right. I saw that on Twitter today. He's number two in seniority. <laughs>
2: The Red Wings fired their coach. Uh, no, uh,
0: the Lions just hired uh, what's yeah. his name from New England, so he would be behind the Red Wings coach. Oh, oh yeah, because yeah, yeah,
2: Pat's at number two. Never mind. Okay. I just had a Reavers moment there. Okay. Sorry, okay. Kenny was <laughs> Kenny. It's a
0: dollar fifty per win, Kenny. $1.50. dollar fifty. Oh, my Vikings, my Vikings
5: announcing today they've signed <laughs> four players who were invited to uh, rookie mini camp tryouts next week. Among them, receiver Chad Beebe. You might know him because oh, yeah. his, Don, Don Beebe. Yeah. Don Beebe, who has a a soft spot in my heart. Oh, of of course. course, he does. He's a yeah, wide receiver yeah, for that man, Super yeah, Bowl-winning Packer team. Shut up! John. Remember, they had a lot of injuries at receiver that season, and Don came in and he played mm-hmm. very well for the Packers mm-hmm. that year. And uh, and the rare game. fast white guy. Right. That's right. He ran down. uh, Who did he run down? Leon Lett. Leon Lett. Leon Lett.
2: Lett. No.
0: (laughs) That's what you got to like is the big man hot-dogging from about the 15-yard line.
5: (laughs) Vikings roster now stands at 90 players. Uh, One other NFL note. Bears rookie linebacker Raquan Smith reported to Athens-Clark County, Georgia police several items were stolen from his car Saturday, including... The Chicago Bears shoot iPad, his Georgia helmet mm. from last season, and three of his Bulldogs Boy, jerseys.
3: That'd be a shame if the Bears had all their strategies uh, stolen <laughs> with the <laughs> offensive operation they've had.
5: Now, uh, this kind of amazed me. You know what they did? What? Apparently, you they immediately wiped remotely his entire iPad. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I didn't know, okay. I was didn't know possible, you could do that. But yeah. Uh, uh, the Vice President of Communications, Brandon Faber, told the Chicago Tribune the iPad was immediately wiped remotely. You know who
3: did it? The Deep State did it, John. The Deep the State. Deep State. They can do anything. <laughs> That's God. right. If you're connected to the Deep State, you got her going, man. All right, we got to go, Johnny. <laughs> All
5: right. You're along for the ride with Royce. Buckle up.
2: Yeah! For the Thrill Ride year on 1500 ESPN.
3: Derek Gould uh, covers the Cardinals for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Uh, Derek, our twins arrived at their hotel across the street from the ballpark at 7.30 p.m. last night, and uh, the Cardinals were playing five and a half hours later.
4: Yeah, they uh, they probably got a better rest than the Cardinals did <laughs> if, if, if they took advantage of it, but the Cardinals probably had a more uh, rewarding evening, I would say. Uh, you know, sweeping the Cubs, walk off, having to be Dexter Fowler. There was a lot. So, yeah, they got rewarded for staying up late last night.
3: Yeah, I talked to uh, Dustin Morris, and he said the uh, the uh, the cheer when uh, or the roar when they uh, won the ball game woke everybody up at the hotel. It was uh, it was so loud. Now those Cardinal fans show up in force. How many are still around at one o'clock in the morning?
4: That's a good question. Probably. Uh, <laughs> Scattered ten thousand, maybe, okay. maybe. I mean, pretty good, pretty good. But uh, you know, they had. I mean, it would have been far more had it uh, had there not been two rain delays. You know, uh, that second rain delay gave reason for some to go. But also, keep in mind too, and this is something that the players noticed: that of those forty-seven thousand strong last night, there was a, a very healthy contingent of Cubs fans, and they uh, would have left um they're late in the game expecting uh their team to win that game and to make their drive back uh, <laughs> either halfway across illinois or further
3: uh injuries amazing run of uh injuries and uh, pitcher use here for the cardinals what kind of shape are they in for tonight
4: they uh they need a, a pretty good sturdy outing here from uh young mr gantt uh they're uh their call up for tonight's game. They could use it. They've been, uh, they've been had their bullpen brutalized a little bit. Um, they have a couple guys out there. They can still give them innings. Uh, but, you know, they, they don't have Bud Norris likely today unless he had some kind of breakthrough today. Um, they, they do have Holland still, but they, they need, you know, they need, they need, they don't need this to go three innings and, and gone for the starter. That would put them in a real bind.
3: Excruciating injury for Yadier and uh, mm-hmm. taking him out of the lineup is, uh, I mean, 140 games a year this guy catches. It's amazing.
4: Yeah, well, he's their soul. You know, there's no other way to put it. He is the guy who directs, you know, the pitching staff. He's the guy that the pitching staff leans on. He, I mean, you go and you talk to, like, a guy like Miles Michaelis, right? Hey, you know, what was one of the appeals of coming to the Cardinals? And one of the things he'll list, is the chance to get to work with the Yadier Molina. And he doesn't just say it because, well, you know, you know, I want to see what that's like. He goes, I want to see what I can do with a guy like that and then how much money I can make as a free agent after doing that with a guy. Um, you know, he's a draw for people, and he sets the tone in the clubhouse and definitely on the field. And We were, if you're talking about this yesterday, uh, Rick Hummel, my colleague, who you know real well, um, he was saying that, you know, the Cardinals are the only team in baseball still looking for their first – caught stealing, meaning a runner that they would catch. It's because nobody runs on Yadier Molina anymore. <laughs> That's why they're still looking. Now they'll get it here eventually because he's gone. But that just tells you how much of a force he is when it comes to just the the pitch-by-pitch pitch ownership of a game.
3: So Tommy Pham was kind of the phenomenon of the first mm-hmm. uh, uh, few weeks of the season. What's his problem? He's out of the lineup. He's got
4: a groin injury. Um, a recurring groin injury that has the team really concerned. They expect him to be in the lineup tomorrow, though, against the Cubs. I'm sorry, against the Twins. Um, he wasn't able to play much against the Cubs. Um, in his place, though, has been Harrison Bader, who's, who's played very well. Uh, been a been a real spitfire in center field, um, quality player. Uh, you know, good defensive player. Had a key infield hit last night that made Dexter Fowler's heroics possible. Uh, you know, so good player not like a force like Pham um but but they expect Pham to be back tomorrow against the uh, against the Twins
3: so they make any other roster changes to help the bullpen or not no
4: no, they uh, they had to make the move with Gant yeah so they added Gant and actually they sent out the young man Mike Myers
3: yeah <laughs> pitched three scoreless last night I don't know why he gave up a run uh, last he night he did
4: not and that was the uh that's sort of been the the trend here. To be honest, is you, you pitch three innings the night before as a young reliever with options, you're pretty sure you should have your bags packed the next morning.
3: Everybody's doing it that way. The Twins do it that way too. The Twins last year, 36 pitchers. Uh, I guess if you count Chris Jimenez, and uh, they're not going to get. Wow. They might not get there this year, but they're off to a flying start with that. They, you know, if you pitch three innings and you're marginal, you're gone.
4: The Cardinals will set their record. Probably. They've used all but two members of the 40-man roster. Um, The pitchers, I mean. They've used all but two, and now they've used, I think, 36 of the 40-man roster. Um, So they'll exhaust that. And then later this month, long after the the Twins have seen them, they're going to add Alex Reyes. So you get Gantt joining tonight, then Alex Reyes around May 28th, May 29th for them. And uh, at that point, they'll be two away from the club record already.
3: And how about Wainwright? When uh, when are we going to see him? When's he going to pitch?
4: He already has uh, arrived here in St. Louis. He pitched this morning in Springfield, Missouri. Okay. He's, uh, down 44 from here, Interstate 44. Um, he made his way up after five scoreless innings, uh, less than 60 pitches, two strikeouts, no runs, uh, no walks. And he intends to start this weekend against San Diego. Um, they could for your for your purposes, one thing they could do is have him throw a bullpen for the team, and then add him when they face the. Twins on Tuesday.
3: Oh, okay. Hey, what? Uh, who's a really good player? That I mean, this. You look at this Cardinal lineup now, and it's not exactly familiar to uh, us who are a distance away. I mean, fam. But who, who's who else is a really good player there?
4: Well, I mean, Marcel I Yeah. Um, you know, the, I mean, he's the best right-handed hitter that I've seen on this team since that guy who just got three thousand hits. Um, And I I don't say that lightly. Um, You know, Azuna has that kind of ability. He's not swinging that kind of a bat right now. um, But, you know, it's a moment. It's it's really a matter of him, you know, finding a way to elevate the ball, and then he's going to go on a tear. Uh, He he hits the ball with such authority. Um, You know, I mean, he's really... He's he's got that gift of keeping the bat in the in the in the strike zone for a long time and that puts him maybe just a tick ahead of Matt Holliday, who was an exceptional right handed hitter here for a long time. So that's the guy's dynamic I mean by every way like Don Mattingly during spring training told me that Marcelo Zuna was the MVP of last year's Marlins team, you know, a Marlins team that had a guy who hit fifty nine home runs, right, and actually won the National League MVP. Mm-hmm. And Mattingly's point was he goes, Look, you know, um, Ozuna did his damage against the best pitchers. He never flagged. He wasn't a guy who feasted on lesser pitchers or waited for a mistake. He was a guy who hit good pitchers and good pitching, and that's what made that team go. He said that's also what made it possible for Stan to have the season he had. So, really strong. And also, I mean, you know, you, you obviously have an appreciation for second baseman up there, Dozier. Um, you know, there was all that talk about would the Cardinals be a match for brian dozier take a look at the second baseman the cardinals have and you'll recognize why they weren't so easy or weren't so quick to move away from him or to trade him when teams came asking this past winter uh cold Wong is a gifted defensive player and particularly tonight um you know he's been playing great here the past week offensively had a walk-off he's also trying to bring attention to his native um big island there in hawaii and then the people that are uh that are suffering there or yeah. having their their homes in trouble because of volcanic volcanic action.
3: And uh, who else? Uh, I mean, uh, DeYoung is a, a, a pretty good shortstop too. How's he doing? Yeah,
4: yeah, very improved shortstop power. Um, Illinois State kid. Um, you know, power of set set you know was he he hit more home runs. He led the team in home runs last season. Had more than thirty home runs when you include the ones in AAA. Um, very good player um, for them. Hasn't had the kind of Offensive catch fire here, but he he can he can make a mistake go a long way. Um, and then also, I mean, from from your from the point of view of uh, guys that you get to see rarely, I would I would suggest at some point in time in the series you're going to see Jordan Hicks. At which point in time Ooh. you'll see a hundred and two mile an hour sneaker. Wow.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The out of the bullpen, he's supposed to be something. Hey, yeah. uh, uh, Derek, thanks, and uh, have a shorter ball game tonight.
4: Yeah, I will. I will, yeah. It's football game ballgame tomorrow, too, because then you've got to get to the West Coast. So <laughs> okay. If the American League visitors can make that possible for us, thank you very much.
3: Okay. Thanks, Derek. <laughs> Thanks, ben. Okay. Bye. Derek Gould, covers the uh, Cardinals for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And uh, even in April, uh, when nobody else draws people, you look at them, and they got 32 on a Wednesday. And then uh, if you got the weekend and they're not getting rained on, they get 41,000.
0: Yeah, they'll have a healthy crowd tonight. The weather's spectacular. <laughs> And uh, yeah, they'll it'll be a full house, that's for sure. Well plus
3: they gotta see they'll actually there'll be fans who actually know who John Gant is. Right. Like, uh, yes. they, they know their ball down there, that's for sure. We shall return with the Daily Complaints. Manny Hill, you have a complaint, sir?
1: Miller for three, and he got it. Reggie Miller with a clutch tray, and it's 105-102. And a steal. Miller retreats to the three-point line, and hits again. (laughs) Anthony
3: stumbles and falls.
1: Scoring eight points in the final 32 seconds, taunting Spike Lee in 19,000 at Madison Square Garden.
2: Well, it was actually eight points in nine seconds, okay. Tom Hammonds, yeah. but... I my daily complaint is with myself for forgetting while we were doing the Iverson uh-huh. thing earlier that that also happened on this day in history day? in 1995 in history. Okay. game one of that series and with the,
3: Knicks. Uh, the basically we got did we get a full 30 for 30 or just a little documentary I, uh, on Reggie, Reggie Miller versus, versus
2: the Knicks it was a full 30 for Reggie 30 versus yeah
3: versus Spike basically is yeah what right, it was, pretty much taunting yeah. each other and. Uh, yeah, Reggie's, Reggie's another non-Tibs fan, isn't he? He's another yeah, non-Tibs pretty fan. Pretty much
2: everybody on TNT is not yeah. really my like tibs fan. I like him
3: as a broadcaster, too. Yeah, he's, he's
2: okay. He yeah? has his moments. Yeah. He's what okay. happened to Cheryl? She's Cheryl? not on
0: TV anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Or man. as Reggie calls her, the better
3: basketball player. <laughs> 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 I think it's great. I Boy, saw she was her good, play though. in college. Ooh, she yeah. was a little better in the league back then. What do
0: you got? Uh, uh, Mine is a downer. Uh, A's outfielder Steven Piscotti's mom, Gretchen, passed away today at 55 years old, less than a year after ALS diagnosis. And we all know that's the reason why he was traded from the Cardinals to Oakland to be closer to home kind of a class move on both both organizations parts and uh, man there's there there's photos all over of him as a kid wearing his Oakland A's ball cap with mom at the ball game and you that's know, a downer man
3: ALS certainly is not uh, does not know gender but it does seem to be uh more rare with with women men. you know I know way too many guys who've uh, had uh, ALS in uh, recent years it's just I don't know if we're just more aware or uh, what's going on, but it's, it certainly seems to be there's a lot more of it. Uh, what's your daily complaint? My daily complaint is, uh, plate on burn is my daily complaint. I guess it'll always be a complaint, but uh, we got to figure out. Away, so these guys can call strikes. Electronic and, strike zones, and we don't have no, no, no. <laughs> and then we don't have to complain about it. I think, well, I, you know, once again, Mister Fix It, uh, the fixer, me, paint the black white, and paint the white, then then make the plate a little wider and put the black out there. Mm-hmm. You know, put it, still have the black, but take the you know paint it white so you get an extra inch on each side of the plate cuz we got to get more strikes called and uh and less complaining from hitters looking for the ball right down the center